It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Gumbel. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. We don't know if it was a private aircraft. We have no idea how many were on board or what is the, what the extent. Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast about living an intentional life. I'm David Paul. It's one of those days that, if you were alive and old enough, you still remember. We all have a story about 9-11. This is mine. Two days earlier, our growing family, me, Ava, and our five children had just returned from our first vacation to the Outer Banks. The weather was fantastic and we had a great time. In fact, we loved it so much, we returned to the Outer Banks every summer for the next 20 years. This first vacation was memorable, not just because it was our first time there, but also because of something that happened on our first morning. We were staying in a rented house close to the ocean. Ava was pregnant with our sixth child, and as she was walking down the stairs to take the kids to see the beach, she tripped. Thankfully, she caught herself, but in the process, hurt her foot. As the week went on, a nasty bruise developed, and the pain got pretty bad. That limited what she could do for the rest of the vacation. Still, we had fun and drove home on Sunday, September 9th. Monday was the first day of school. We homeschooled, but two days a week, our kids were in a school for homeschooled students called Granite Classical Tutorials. It was actually a school that Ava started with a friend of hers. This was their second year, and there were about 60 students and a small paid staff. Ava was the administrator. Her foot was still painful on the morning of September 11th, but not so bad that she couldn't get in the car and run some errands. These were some things that she needed to get for Granite. While she was out, I was home getting the kids started on their schoolwork. Tuesday was a homeschool at home day. In 2001, I was the program director at WRBS-FM. This was eight years before we made the change to Shine FM. I also did the afternoon shift, so I didn't have to leave for work until 10.30. This, Justin, you were looking at obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Clearly something relatively devastating happening this morning there on the south end of the island of Manhattan. I was still getting the kids moving in the right direction for the day. Our oldest was 12, our youngest was 5. The TV was off. I had no idea what was happening. And then the phone rang. It was Ava. She was in the car listening to the radio. She asked if I heard what had happened in New York. I said no, so she told me a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center. I mentioned to Ava how in the 40s a plane had crashed into the Empire State Building. It was weather-related and the crash did some damage to the building, but not much And that was the visual I had in mind as I went downstairs. Do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, another one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane just flew directly over my building, and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I can see it on the shot. Oh, my. Something else has just... You know what? We just saw a plane... I turned on the TV just after the second plane hit. The whole thing was very confusing. Not only did this look way different from what I had visualized, 
they were talking about two planes. Ava had only mentioned one when she called. After watching the news for a few minutes, I grasped what was happening and started getting ready to leave for the radio station early. My boss called and asked if I knew what was going on and said I needed to get there ASAP. I told him I was already moving in that direction, took the quickest shower ever, and was out the door even before Ava got home. Because we had a 12-year-old, we had a legal babysitter in the house, and I also knew Ava would be home soon. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. And freedom will be defended. I want to reassure the American people that the full resources of the federal government. I was in the car heading for work listening to a local news station as I drove on the west side of the Baltimore Beltway. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're looking at a uh, live picture from Washington and there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. It would appear that there has been another major explosion, this one in the nation's capital. You are looking at a scene of... uh, I arrived at the radio station and ran inside. A corridor where a lot of Army offices are located. Wow. And some people were... Jamie, I need you to stop for a second. There has just been a huge explosion. We can see uh, a billowing smoke rising. And I can't, I'll, I'll tell you that I can't see that second tower. But there was a cascade of sparks and fire, and now this it looks almost like a mushroom cloud explosion, this huge... Even though we had some TVs on inside the station, I didn't see this happen because we were trying to figure out what to do on air. On a regular day, we shifted from music to pre-produced talk programming at 10 a.m. These programs included Focus on the Family, Family Life Today, and some Bible teaching programs. While these were valuable and really loved by a lot of listeners, they clearly would not work with all that was happening. We decided to preempt these and just keep playing music that we felt would bring comfort to our audience. We also included occasional updates from a Christian-based radio network that we were a part of. United 9-3, have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down? Yeah, down? somewhere up northeast of Camp David. I was having a hard time processing everything that was happening. Couldn't make sense of it, and news of a fourth plane crash just felt unreal. And then... And there's, you can see, perhaps the second tower, the front tower, the top portion of which is collapsing. Good Lord. There are no words. You can see large pieces of the building falling. You can see the smoke rising. You can see a portion of the, the, the side of the building now just being covered on the right side, as I look at it, covered in smoke. This is just a horrific scene and a horrific... This I saw on the TV we had set up in the studio. I remember at this point not even feeling surprised by the second tower collapsing. I don't know if I was becoming numb to all that was happening or given everything else that had already happened. It just wasn't surprising. I spent the next six hours on the air alternating between network coverage and playing music. In between the songs, I was giving updates and sharing verses from the Bible to bring comfort. Hello? Hello, Grace. How are you? 
Good. How are you? I am well. Do you have a... Uh, this have is a good- Grace, my daughter. She was 10 years old on 9-11. Like my first memory is I was sitting at the kitchen table doing my math. I was 10. Um, and I hated, hated doing my math. And mom was like out getting coffee or at the grocery store or something. And I was like, when mom comes home, everybody's downstairs watching TV but me and she's going to see that I'm sitting here doing my math and she's going to be so proud of me. And I just like, that was the only time I ever did that. And it was the only time I ever sat down like to do my math by myself. And mom comes running in the door and she just like runs downstairs and starts watching TV too. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I was like, surely she'll come up and notice me doing my math soon. And so I'm sitting there like staging me doing my math homework and um, she doesn't come back up. So I go downstairs and um, I actually don't remember if you were there. I guess you were if the TV was on, but maybe you left for work. Um, But I just remember mom staring at the TV like being she was like crying. um, And I was looking I remember looking at the TV. I don't remember what I was looking at. Um, but I just remember wondering why she was crying while watching TV. And then I guess she, you know, kind of explained stuff to me. Do you remember sending me um, a couple of emails at work? I don't. Did I? Yes, you did. From 9-11? Yep. So I have those. So the first one you sent at 1243. And, uh, of course, I was at work and I was on the air at that time. And you said, Dad, it's me, Grace. Look at Psalms 55. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What's Psalm 55? Uh, let me get my Bible and I'll read it to you. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught at the voice of my enemy. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fail. As for me, I trust in you. Hmm. Well, go 10-year-old me. I feel like that is an appropriate song for the day. An hour later, you sent me another email. Dad, it's me again. I heard you say the scripture I sent. And I have two more that I think fit the day. They sounded sort of like it. Psalms 42 and 46. God bless Grace. (laughs) You don't remember sending those? I don't. I'm actually surprised that Grace doesn't remember these emails. I'm surprised by how much of that day she doesn't remember at all. But maybe I shouldn't be. She was only 10. I was 41, and there's much of the day that I don't remember either. While my recollection of the morning of 9-11 is pretty intact, not so much the afternoon and evening of September 11th. In fact, I only remember three things. I recall we had a group of four local pastors join us in studio for about an hour. I don't remember much of what was said except a comment from one of the pastors. At that point in the day, there was a lot of speculation about Osama bin Laden being responsible for the attacks. One of the pastors very explicitly described what the U.S. should do to him if he was involved. I remember thinking 
you probably shouldn't say that on Christian radio, but at the same time agreeing with the sentiment. I remember driving home that night a little after 7 p.m. Just like in New York, it had been a beautiful day in Maryland, crystal blue sky and comfortable temperatures. I can't remember if I had the radio on or, more likely, drove with the radio off. But I do remember looking at the beautiful sky and thinking how strange it was there were no planes flying at all. My final memory of the day of 9-11 happened later that night. What's up? Hey there, how are you? I am, I'm, I'm kicking it. This is my son, Aaron. He's in the Navy and currently stationed in San Diego. He was six years old on 9-11 and says it is the earliest memory he can date because of what happened to him that day. We were climbing the tree. The branch snapped. And then I fell. And the reason I broke my arm is because I, I broke my fall with my arm. But it wasn't obvious at first that you had broken your arm. No. No, it wasn't until much later on when I had went to bed and I couldn't go to bed because my arm hurt so I walked downstairs and you were watching TV and I said I can't move my arm and then mom asked me to rotate my arm and I said I can't and then you took me to the ER and that is my final memory of 9-11 in the emergency room with my six-year-old son Aaron waiting for his arm to be put into a cast and watching TV coverage of what had unfolded earlier that day. I've long believed that time dulls the impact of history. The raw edges become less jagged and the impact softens. And while that certainly is the case some of the time, maybe even most of the time, it's not always the case. There's a memory of that day, which I haven't mentioned yet. It's the aspect of 9-11 that impacted me the most, and truthfully, even more so today than on 9-11 itself. The edges of this memory are still raw, and the impact has not softened. I'm going to talk about this for a moment, and I recognize it may be hard for you to hear. While I won't be getting graphic, I will be getting specific. And if you're already on the edge remembering the events of that day, you might want to consider skipping over the next couple of minutes. As I was in our radio station that morning, I remember watching the TV coverage and seeing things fall from the buildings and thinking, this isn't just office debris. It didn't take long before I wondered, are those people? And of course, they were. It wasn't until the next day when the photo of a single man falling was published that the horror each of those people faced really hit me. And I've never really been able to shake, quite frankly. And it's about the decision. The decision that each one had to make. A terrible decision. How do you even make that decision? And I've realized over time that for most of those people, there really was no decision. Every time I'm close to a flame and I feel the heat, I'm reminded of that. But I still wonder, and I think of that man in the photo and the others like him. The day before, on September 10th, he was living a normal life. 
Even that morning was probably normal. And because it was such a beautiful morning in New York City, might even have been better than normal. And then suddenly, it wasn't. And sometimes I wonder how I would have felt in those final few minutes. Would the fear have been overwhelming? Would I have felt regret for some of my life decisions? Would I have perhaps even felt peace, knowing the fulfillment of my faith and trust in Jesus was just moments away? Recently, I was at our community pool. Some of our neighbors were there, including a family that had just moved in. He's a retired New York City firefighter. His name is Ken. Someone asked if he was there on 9-11. He was. Ken said his wife thought he was dead until that evening. It got quiet around the pool when Ken said that. Someone else commented how they remember that day, too. And she said it in a way that you could tell she was, in that moment, reliving some of those memories. Maybe Ken was as well. And so, too, his wife, who was sitting nearby. If you're old enough, you have a story of that day. Each one is different, different perspective, different angle, different impact. Thank you, Mr. President, for calling this day of prayer and remembrance. That weekend, a few days after 9-11, we learned that someone who used to go to our church was on the plane that hit the Pentagon. We had actually been in a small group with them briefly a year earlier, and they gave us an outdoor playset their kids no longer used. It was in our backyard on 9-11 and for several years after. It was a strong visual reminder of how that family, the Lee family, also had a story, a terribly life-changing story. We come together today to affirm our conviction that God cares for us. Whatever our ethnic, religious, or political background may be, the Bible says that he's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. What's your story of 9-11? What about the people around you? During this anniversary week, why not ask? What do you remember? How did you feel? What's the lasting impact for you? Ask and then listen. September 11 will go down in our history as a day to remember. Long Story Short is a production of Brighter Media Group. Season two of Long Story Short is imminent with 10 new stories. Don't miss a single episode. Follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, you can still listen to all 10 episodes of season one. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you soon for season two of Long Story Short.